You're listening to The Money Pot, a channel brought to you by the Nottingham Building Society that provides information on the world of finances, from savings accounts to mortgages and money-saving ideas. We'll also have discussions about planning a better future and fraud awareness, plus top tips from bloggers who talk about their home buying and financial experiences, interior inspiration and much more. My name's Sam. And I'm Ross. And together, we'll be chatting to industry experts who'll give you information to become a financial master. Hi, Ross. Welcome back to another episode of The Money Pot. How are you doing? Hi, Sam. I'm doing good, thank you. I've just got off a call with one of my mates. Just a little bit of a catch-up. Can't take any glory for this because TalkSport initiated this. Mm. Um, but one of the presenters will just give one of their friends a call online and just a bit of more support really during these lockdown times especially for those that live alone so I thought you know what I'm gonna give that a go and see how it goes and I'm really enjoying it it's good to catch up have different types of conversations with a range of people and that one phone call could change someone's day and provide them with a, a little boost and potentially give them the idea to do the same thing you know sharing the love sharing that positivity I think that's I was gonna say that's very useful at this point when we've got the restrictions and lockdowns I know everything's changing and maybe by the time even by the time this episode goes out that could be different but that advice that idea is still going to be completely relevant all the time the idea of checking in with your friends and seeing how they're doing or your family or anyone just to you know have a have a catch up have a chat always really important yeah that's great that you're spreading that positivity Russ and I know that two of my friends have done the same thing they've started calling and it's just having that idea really you don't really think about it until someone raises it with you but they're enjoying it as well so you've started a little chain reaction yeah. yeah and now you've mentioned it to me i'm going to be off calling You're other people it. <laughs> it's just going to spread <laughs> all around what have you been up to not too much you know at the moment at time of recording back into the lockdown situation i've been trying to get back into my running i know i said around christmas or new year's time i was going to try and get back into doing that i have been doing it but the weather's getting very cold and it's very mm-hmm. tough and i'm not very fit but i i try my best to jog around the block and do what i can exhausting but i think that exercise tends to for me at least and I know this is not applicable for everyone boosts my morale a bit get me going for the day sometimes it feels terrible doing it in the moment moment but once mm-hmm. <laughs> once I've done it feel happy that I've done it and feel better for the rest of the day how about you what have you been getting up to apart from your ringing around and spreading joy well I too have been doing a bit more exercise normally I play football twice a week but obviously that's not happening at the minute so mm. uh, I've started the couch to 5k which I know that you uh, have yes. done or, or yeah, doing yeah. And I'm doing some workout DVDs at home. Uh, and like you say, it's not fun at the time, but after, yeah. you do feel good about yourself. Have you got your neon lycra on for your workout DVDs at home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine. How's the Couch to 5K going? Yeah, going, going well. I'm doing it with my wife as well. Mm. And yeah, we're enjoying it. It's There's quite a big step, I feel, between the weeks. Like week two, say, you won 90 seconds. And then week three, you won three minutes. Yeah, it steps up, but it, I found it's, it seems like big steps, but it never really, it's just on the edge of pushing you beyond what you can do and, mm. and builds you up that way. But yeah, it, it can be really tough, those week-to-week changes. So, Russ, what have we got coming up on this episode of The Money Pot? So, we have a fellow podcaster today. Her name is Sophie Cliff, also known as The Joyful Coach. And Sophie is a life coach, and she'll help you figure out what joy means to you and how to create more of it in your everyday life. And she wrote an article for our Career Academy about using your values to find the career that brings you joy. So, shall we find out a bit more about her? I think we should. Let's go have a chat with Sophie. 
Sophie, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to The Money Pot. Uh, please, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, thank you for having me. So my name is Sophie Cliff, also known as The Joyful Coach. And essentially, I work with people to help them live their most joyful lives, whatever that means to them. And there's always a big emphasis on the whatever that means to them part, because I think we all have a different definition of what brings us joy, you know, what success looks like for us. So I essentially help people start to figure out what that is and then put some changes in place. How did you get into that? Because I had a look on your website and you used to work for Walt Disney. So how did you go from Walt Disney to doing this? Yeah, so coaching is a fairly recent departure for me, the last sort of 18 months to two years. And prior to that, I had a very different career. So I worked within big corporates like the Walt Disney Company and Hallmark Cards in sort of sales, marketing roles, and also worked for a couple of tech startups as well in similar sorts of roles. And I kind of fell into that career career path. I did an economics degree, came out, got on a graduate scheme, same as everybody else, you know, at that time and sort of, yeah, fell into what I was doing. And it was great. And, you know, had some brilliant experiences and worked with lovely people, but it always felt like deep down, it wasn't quite a hundred percent the right fit for me. And what I did love about those roles was developing people. I, you know, headed up some pretty big teams and I loved working with people, helping bring out the best in them, helping them, you know, strive towards new things And so started to put a bit more emphasis on that and started to think about, you know, how I could do that in a more impactful way, because, you know, while working at Disney was brilliant, I was a teeny tiny cog in a very big machine and had very little, you know, autonomy or impact. And so I wanted to take what I was doing there and and focus on it a bit more, I suppose, in, in a bigger way. So I retrained, did some more qualifications around coaching and built on the experience that I had. And then, yeah, about 18 months or two years ago, started started building it into a a full-time coaching practice. Okay, so you're now a life coach. What does a life coach actually do? So I suppose has got a few elements to it. So I work one-to-one with clients. And like I say, that is really about helping them understand what changes they would need to make to feel a little bit more joyful in their day-to-day lives or to feel, you know, like they were living a little bit more authentically. So for some people that would look like, you know, similar to me having a big career change. And for other people, it might be about just small tweaks, you know, aligning what they're doing day-to-day with what they actually want. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this later, but you know, for some people that might look like sorting out their money habits so that they're actually saving and moving towards a goal instead of, you know, living quite day to day. So it's about really thinking proactively about what it is we want and starting to bring some of those actions in line with that. So like I say, work one-to-one with clients. And then I also have some group programs or projects, which is about bringing a group of people together where we've all sort of got a common thing in mind. So that might be a program about career change and starting to highlight what you want from your career, or it might be a project about mindset and starting to get over imposter syndrome or some of the things that we're struggling with there. So there's essentially, you know, it all fits under this umbrella of helping people live a life that feels more joyful to them but there are a couple of different facets to it and uh, what practical steps can someone take to work out what their values are how do you find those values yeah so values is always the starting point with any of the work that i do so it's really about you know figuring out what is most important to us because when i look back on my previous career history things looked really great on paper and people would say oh that sounds cool you know you do this or you do that and it sounded good but it didn't feel really great to me and essentially I can see now that that was because some of the things that I hold most important to me weren't being honoured by those roles so freedom and flexibility is a big value of mine and I had 
zero autonomy over my time because I was, you know, at the beck and call of the company that I worked for. I had to be at a desk for a certain amount of hours. Similarly, connection is really important to me. What I love about working with my clients is that I get to really connect with them and get to know them and have this great relationship. And in the previous roles that I had, that wasn't really possible. I was within a team and knew that team, but everyone else I was working with, it was you know quite transactional. It was very business-based. So essentially getting to know our values can help us start to check in with what is and isn't working for us, where those things are and aren't in alignment. And essentially the way I encourage people to start thinking about and finding their values is really tapping into what is most important to them, like when they're happiest, what is going on, when they are really proud, like what are they most proud of in their lives? If they were to win the lottery tomorrow, what would they still do? And I put a little guide together that's on the Nottingham website and there's a little free worksheet that people can download with some journal questions and essentially starting to think about what some of these values could look like. And there's also a big list of what those values could be because I think sometimes people are like, is this a value? What what is a value? So it's got a list there to sort of help people start to reflect on what really drives and excites them in their day-to-day life and what is most important to them and start to put, you know, some words to that. And then once they've arrived on that set of values, we can start to then look at, okay, it gives us more understanding, I suppose, of like why the good stuff feels good and why the tricky stuff feels tricky because we can start to see that might be where those things are being compromised. We found that people are quite similar in the way that they see joy or are people totally different compared to each other? Yeah, I think there is way more difference than we think. And I think that's why whenever I talk about the work I do, I say helping people to live their most joyful lives, whatever that means to them. Because I think something that often gets in the way of us experiencing joy is that we think that we have to do it like somebody else. So if we think about making a change, usually the first thing we do is go to Google. So we're like, okay, I'm going to run a 10K. How do I do that? Or I want to change my job. What does Google have to say? say. And actually, most of us have got the answers that we need. Most of us know ourselves better than, you know, Google knows us or somebody else knows us. And it's about starting to tap into that and giving more weight to what we know about ourselves. And I think when it comes to what that most joyful life looks like, you know, if I think of just a handful of my clients at the moment, for one of them, it looks like she wants to move to Finland with her family. And that's a goal she's working towards. For someone else, it looks like wanted to buy a house so that they've got some security. For someone else, it's about just appreciating what they have got a little bit more. Someone else, it might be starting a business. So there are different ways, I suppose, of us accessing and getting to the point that feels good to us. And why I like starting with the values is it means that we are making a decision that we know is going to feel good because it's going to get us closer to feeling aligned to our values. Whereas I think, or, or definitely the pattern that I used to fall into was I would sort of look around and think, that person looks happy. I'll do what they're doing. And then I'd get there and think, oh, this isn't quite right for me. So I, you know, I need to change again. And, and I was sort of clocking up these career milestones or life milestones that it looked on paper like it was making everybody else really happy, but it wasn't feeling really good to me. So I think understanding what those values are means that then when we decide to make a change and we focus on like, you know, the thing that we want to move towards, we can then make sure that that actually is going to make us happy when we get there instead of just doing it because our best mate has or because our mum wanted us to. Do you find that people are ever surprised by 
by what their values end up being when they really take the time to think about them or surprised by the directions that might steer them towards? Yeah, I think what people are most surprised by when they do it is how they've never thought about this stuff before. Because, you know, like I said before about my personal career path, I did a degree, got on a graduate scheme, started off down a path that everybody else was going down. And I didn't really think about what do I want to do? What would I enjoy? Like what would give me the sort of lifestyle that I want? And I think that is quite common. I think the majority of us just sort of get on with things and go on a whim and, you know, then we're stuck in a sort of cycle. And actually what I find is that when people sort of take that step back, some of the stuff feels really obvious to them and they're like, oh yeah, of course that's really important to me. Oh yeah, that's why that feels miserable. And it it feels like a bit of a light bulb moment for them. But you're right you know, sometimes that will feel like quite a big fundamental change for people. You know, like for me, noticing that freedom, making an impact, having a connection, all of these things were important to me. And then seeing how far my current reality was from that felt quite like, oh gosh, there's quite a lot to change here. And it's quite a different direction. But for other people, it might just be, they might start to notice that community is really important to them. And there are really simple things that they can start to do to make that change. Or I had a client who like learning and growth was really important important to her and you know she didn't need to change her career completely she just did some job shadowing with some other teams and started to learn new things and feel challenged and I suppose there's always a few different ways that we can start to implement those values it doesn't always have to look like tearing everything up and starting again. And for you personally Sophie what are some of your favourite things to do that bring you joy and happiness? So it's funny I was actually thinking about this this morning and I think that what I love is that there is such an abundance of things once you start to notice what you actually enjoy you realize how much of just the day-to-day things really actually bring you some joy when you put a bit of attention on them so I absolutely love spending time outside I think we all love that this year don't we because there's not Mm -hmm. really much else we can do but I have long loved you know getting out going for nice big walks in the countryside that kind of thing I love I find a lot of joy in conversation like you know us now but you know conversations with my clients conversations with friends and I am absolutely a huge reader like that for me is something I just love is curling up with a good book and getting completely lost in a good story or someone's memoir or biography or whatever and they're the things and again when I think about that in terms of my values like freedom for me getting outside feels like real freedom and you know particularly going out to the sea or the countryside or whatever connection and conversation you know brings me a lot of joy and really engaging with other people's stories I'm like feeding that curiosity I think is another key value of mine. I think the world that we live in now has made us realise the small things do actually Mm. mean a lot even just like you say just going out for a walk spending time with my dog just little things like that it just makes you realise doesn't it? Yeah I think so much actually when what I notice doing this work with other people is that so often we feel most joyful like when we're in the moment and so it's like doing the things that help us with that so you know you said about spending time with your dog they don't care that you've got like work to get on with they're just like I'm here now Mm. I want to do this thing and and I find that similarly with you know I've got a little nephew who's three and when I spend time with him it feels so joyful because you just like he doesn't care about the pandemic he's just like do you want to come and look for some snails with me and it's so like (laughs) present and in the moment and I think that's 
so often where we can feel where life feels challenging is when we're either like reflecting on the past or worrying about the future especially at at the moment but doing those things that can like anchor us in the here and now really Mm. can help us tap into that joy have you got any goals for 2021 yes so a couple of things I've got some goals around my like business and growing that I've been back at university since September so I'm studying a master's so that is my biggest goal is to actually get through and finish that I had a lot of imposter syndrome going back to uni after a decade and doing a master's in a very different subject from what I started in and my other sort of personal goal I suppose is we're hoping to move house within the next couple of years so starting that process of saving and considering what you know all of the things that have to go into that I think you know we bought the house that we live in currently five years ago so we've been really out of the loop and I've I've sort of blissfully forgot about all that's involved in moving house and I think now is the time this year to start considering that a little bit more and thinking about what that might look like and and I think other than that it's just about you know trying to get through this year and prioritizing as much joy within that as possible I think what's really difficult at the moment is when we're thinking about setting goals we're doing it against a context of lots of uncertainty and none of us really know what the next few months are going to hold and I think instead of trying to go against that and try to control everything I think one of my goals is just to surrender to it a little bit more and go with the flow which I'm not always brilliant at. (laughs) I listened to your podcast and your your word of I think it was 2020 it just didn't work out because of the pandemic you just had no control over it did you? Yeah so I like to try and choose a word of the year each year to sort of you know outside of those specific goals try and give me a bit of a focus or something that I want to focus on and for 2020 it was expansive and for me the idea behind that was like I really wanted to expand my horizons it was my first year of running my business full-time and not working for somebody else and I thought this is going to be great I'm going to do loads of traveling I'm going to you know spend a month working from somewhere else and really you know lean into this idea of expanding my horizons in in those ways and of course you know funnily enough we didn't go anywhere those first few months because we were planning to spend like the whole of June somewhere else and we were saving for that and then the pandemic hit and the furthest that we got was going to my in-laws house in North Wales in the summer but actually that word when I like you know once I got over the fact that it wasn't going to be the word of the year that I thought it was going to be I could come back to it and actually try to expand those horizons in different ways and that was really what drove the idea of me going back to uni so it was like I can't go out and see more of the world but I can learn some more and I can meet some different people and I think keeping that element of flexibility with our goals is so important at the moment. So with that situation with the pandemic and that kind of affecting your 2020 do you have any tips for anyone feeling kind of demotivated or disappointed or having difficulty with all tears and lockdowns and the restrictions that are in place yeah the number one piece of advice I've been sharing in the last year or so is to try and focus on what we can control because there is so much that we can't control right now. Like every time I open the news app, I feel overwhelmed by how much there is that we can't control. And that can feel really frustrating because as humans, we are constantly looking for meaning and we we crave and we thrive on personal autonomy, on being able to choose and, and show up and carve our own path. And I think part of what has felt so frustrating in this last year is how much of that personal autonomy has been taken away from us. And so what I've been encouraging people to do is to try to focus on what we still can control because there is still a certain amount of things that we can choose and so 
you know, that will look different for all of us. But a fun example that I've been sharing is that during the first lockdown, my husband and I had Taco Tuesday every Tuesday for 16 weeks on the trot. And it was just about like, you know, we can't go on the holidays, we can't go to our friend's wedding. But every Tuesday, we like tried a different recipe, we made the tacos from scratch, we'd make a margarita and lay the table really nice. And it was like, that was something we could make the the best of the situation Mm. that we were in. And so I'd really encourage anyone who is feeling a little bit despondent or feeling that sense of despair at the moment to try and shift the attention to what we can control. And that might look like doing something like that, like finding a bit of fun in the week. Another thing that I've been talking about is how we can try and like plant some seeds for the future. So for me at the moment, being back at university is part of that. So there's loads of things I can't do at the moment, but I can commit to learning new things. And that's, you know, planting a seed for the future. For other people that might be trying to, you know, squirrel away a bit of money at the end of each month so that when we can travel again, we've got that buffer there and that pot ready to go. So almost trying to turn our attention to what we can do. And it's not to say that it won't still feel hard, that there's so much that we can't do, but it reminds us that there is still things that we can choose and still things that we can show up for. And that works well, doesn't it? When you look into your values, maybe realising that that things bring you more joy than what you thought, you can just kind of dig into that a bit deeper, can't you? Yeah, I think there's like such a narrative at the moment of everything is awful. And I get it because so much is awful (laughs) at the moment. And, you know, there are people having really difficult, challenging times. But I think it's remembering that we can choose, that we have some choice in that. And it might be, like you say, do you know what? If we're going to have to be locked down for however many months or be in tears or whatever, how can we really enjoy going for those lovely dog walks? Or how can I like stay connected with my friends? Like something I did again in the, the first lockdown was started writing to my little cousins and my nieces and nephews. And it wasn't the same as being in person with them, but that connection is still a really important value to me. So it kept me connected and it helped us still keep interacting. So yeah, getting creative with what those values are and how you bring them to life in this situation. And it might be different, you know, value of, you know, freedom and flexibility for me last year, I thought was going to look like the freedom to work from wherever and the flexibility to go on lots of holidays it actually looked like the freedom to set my own time throughout the week or the freedom to prioritise different things within that week. So it might be thinking about and getting creative with how you put those values into action. And speaking about those values in a slightly different way, you wrote a blog post for our Career Academy and we sponsored one of your episodes of your podcast, Practical Positivity, about how to find your values in relation to finding a career. How important do you think it is to make sure your job and your career matches up to those values? Oh, I think it's so important because we spend such a huge amount of time at work you know it might not physically be at work at the moment but we spend a huge amount of our mental energy thinking about our jobs and whether that be actually physically doing that work or preparing for it or you know processing some of the things and I think for me that was the biggest shift in terms of making my life more joyful was aligning my work more with those values because you can be as successful or as productive or as efficient as you want but if you're not actually taking any personal satisfaction from that work it's still going to drain you it 
it's still going to feel like you end the week with less left in the tank than you started it with. And I think when we can start to align our work with those values, it actually starts to feel really energizing because those values are the things that top us up, that make us feel most authentically like ourselves, I suppose. And so the more that we can align the work that we do with those values, the better. And it might not even necessarily be about the actual tasks matching up with those values, but about the culture of a workplace or the teams that you work in or how you interact with people. So, you know, bringing more connection to working from home or being able to use your creativity a little bit more. So really trying to think about, A, some of the big shifts of how do I start to have a job that feels more authentically like me, but also some of those small things that we can do day to day as well. What would you say to someone who is in a position that you was in, so perhaps working for a corporate and would love to go self-employed and and start their own business? I think the first thing I would say is to give yourself permission to explore it because for such a long time, I just sort of like shut down the possibility in my head. I was just like, nope, you know, the only way I'm going to be successful is in this corporate career. You know, I've put 10 years into this. I need to keep going down this path. And financially, I'm the breadwinner in my marriage. And so I had a lot of these beliefs around, I can't take the risks. I can't do these things essentially. So I think the first step is to give yourself permission to be curious about some of this stuff and just open to the possibility that something different might be out there. And it might not necessarily be self-employment. It might be a slightly different career or a different way of working, but starting to give yourself some permission to explore it. And then I would say to really start to just follow that curiosity. So I think so often we want to have like a plan all figured out, or I know I did anyway. I wanted like this 12-step plan if I'll do these things and then I'll be in my new career and everything will be great. And actually life is often very much about a bit of back and forth and a bit of trying this thing. And maybe that didn't quite work, but we learned something from it and that's you know, fed into the next idea. And so I try to encourage people to just follow that curiosity. What is it that you love? What is it that feels aligned to your values? And take some small step in that direction. So for me, actually, my first step was starting my podcast, which was, it was before I did a lot of retraining. It was about, okay, can I actually talk for 20 minutes each week about this stuff? And does it still feel exciting to me if I do keep talking about that? And the answer was yes. And so that sort of gave me permission to start to explore some of the next steps and start to think about how I could learn more and start to build a career off the back of this. So it doesn't always have to be about knowing all the answers before you make the change. It might be about testing things, trying things on and being a little bit curious. Okay, so let's get into savings habits. Are you a spender or a saver? And have you found yourself spending or saving more throughout lockdown? I know Ross and I found there's been a bit of a mix of both because as we've not been able to go out, we haven't been spending as much as we used to but also the temptation of buying things online and scrolling through everything is is always there. So how are you doing at the moment with saving? What are your savings habits like? So I am naturally a spender and that's been my downfall for a long time. And actually, it was only when you sent these questions through that I reflected that actually, I think I've shifted more towards the saving side during lockdown. And I think it started very much from that fear place of, oh, like none of us know what's ahead. I need to sort of like tighten the pair strings a little bit. But actually, I found 
found real joy in starting to save throughout lockdown. And I think for me, it is about thinking when this is over, I want to be in like a good place where I can go on the nice holiday or start to think about moving house or whatever that might be. So I think also not being in the environments where it's really easy to spend has helped. So I used to go into the city centre to work and it's so easy to buy your lunch and pop into Topshop and, you know, end up spending a small fortune just having gone to work. So I think being at home and having to be a bit more mindful has helped. And I definitely had the phase where I had like a few shifty looks from the postman about the amount of deliveries that I was getting. So I think that sort of helped me rein it in a little bit from, you know, perhaps his judgmental glare of as he was handing over the fourth parcel of the week. <laughs> so you mentioned a holiday there. Is that, well, holiday in a new house, is that what you're saving for? Or are you going to perhaps splash out once everything's lifted? No, I think they're the two things that really bring me joy is being able to go and explore new places and so I really want to feel like when that's allowed again that I've got something you know that I've got that pot ready and I think that's given me quite a lot of hope at the moment is thinking about oh I wonder what that that holiday will look like and and the other thing that brings me a lot of joy is my home environment I think we've all learned that this year that you know the more time we've spent at home that are it can make such a big difference and so I think I'm trying to think about both savings goals at the same time because I can be quite all or nothing and I don't want to get to the end of lockdown and think oh we've just got to put everything into moving house I want to still be able to have some of that fun but having sort of separate pots for each has definitely helped. Do you have any savings tips based on the savings experience you've had at all? Yes so keeping it regular has really helped me so something I did for the first time last year was setting up at like a separate pot for Christmas and putting 30 quid a month away into that pot and keeping it as a regular habit and starting to see that build really helps and this year I've started to, to expand that a little bit so thinking about Christmas thinking about those future holidays thinking about houses and like automating that so that that money automatically goes into those accounts I think has really helped and I think really connecting to what those savings are going to give you I think what often feels hard with any habits that we try to make is that it feels like it's taking something away from our day-to-day life so when we think about putting 30 quid away all we see is like the 30 pound that we don't have to spend on a takeaway or like clothes or whatever it might be whereas when we start to think about that as like an investment into that future holiday or the excitement of sort of going Christmas shopping and not having to worry about where I'm going to find the money I think that helps keep with it essentially starting to think about what those savings are going to facilitate and how that's going to feel when you get to sort of cash them in I suppose. In a perfect world lockdowns are over everything's fine it's safe to go out and mix and what's the first thing that you're going to do oh definitely see my family I think you know seeing family and being able to go for a lovely meal and some drinks would be really nice and then once I'd done that I get on the train down to London to see some of my friends and stay in a really nice hotel and go to all those places that we've missed so much I think it's been people that I have missed the most and being around people and then yeah being able to go and enjoy all those things that we took for granted before didn't we like going to you know the nice restaurants or even just like wandering around and being able to stop and chat to people and not be worried and give people hugs that's what I'm really looking forward to yeah I think there's a lot of things we've missed out on as well over uh... I don't think we're ever gonna say no to an invitation to go out no. again, <laughs> yeah even just like pop into the pub for a pint on a Friday something mm. that just seems so every day before is gonna feel like mm. such a celebration I do sometimes think back to the times I've said no to things and wonder whether 
together. <laughs> Maybe Why did I do that? Yeah, we had that experience on New Year's Eve because the last few years we've stayed in on New Year's Eve because Christmas has been really tiring. And then this year we were like, why did we do that? Why did we choose to stay in the previous years? Even paying three times as much for a taxi, it's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> And Sophie, we mentioned earlier your podcast, Practical Positivity. When someone tunes in to listen, what can they expect to hear? So Practical Positivity does exactly what it says on the tin. It takes a lot of the research and the theory and the understanding within the field of positive psychology and it's it makes it practical and actionable because I think with a lot of this stuff, we can read about something in a book or we can hear someone talking about something and we think that's a great idea and then we never actually go and put it into action. So Practical Positivity is about taking some of those theories and those ideas that are backed by the research and the science and then starting to help people see how they can put that into action whether that be gratitude or finding hope or making a change or setting goals so it's really about keeping things nice and practical and the episodes are short and sweet they're 10 to 20 minutes long and there's tons in the archives to delve into fantastic and we'll have the links to that in our description of this episode and also on the nottingham.com forward slash podcast so sophie thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me yeah it's so lovely to chat to you both take care you too Oh, that was nice catching up with Sophie, wasn't it? Yeah, that was great. A really insightful chat and a lot of practical tips and takeaways we can get from that. If you want to hear more from Sophie and her Practical Positivity podcast, we'll leave a link to that at thenottingham.com forward slash podcast. And we'll also leave a link to our career academy that Sophie did an article for. And in there you can find out more about employees of the Nottingham, how they got into their position, and what it's like to work for us. And our employees have shared some of their skills, knowledge and experiences. Okay, Ross. Well, that's been another great episode of The Money Pot. Uh, just want to say thanks again to Sophie for joining us and thank you for listening. And to you, Ross, I'll see you next time. See you on the next one. Take care. Cheers. To find out more about anything we've discussed in this episode, visit thenottingham.com slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is released. You can rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. And if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover, reach out to us on our Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash thenottingham, and our Twitter, which is at nottinghambs. So until next time, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next one.